Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollock, cybersecurity attorney at Whiteford, Taylor, and Preston. Thrilled to have you back, as always. Uh, keep those questions, comments, calling 410-832-2002 or S. Pollock, that's P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K at WTPlaw.com. Very excited today because we've got a really cool speaker, Andrew Morgan, who's the uh, founder of CyberCall, also has his own business, Code Red MSP, where he helps MSPs and other businesses go to market. Um, I had the pleasure of being on the cyber call on Monday with Andrew, which was a lot of fun. And so, Andrew, thank you so much for joining the call, the show. Hey, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you uh, bringing me on to your, your uh, podcast here. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Uh, Andrew, you know, you and I were speaking before we started about kind of your history, your background, and I thought you have a pretty cool, unique story. Can you kind of give the audience just an idea about what you do and how you got and got there? Sure. So uh, way back in around 1998, before the term managed service provider was even really a thing, it was in the enterprise, uh, Spencer, but before the term or acronym MSP was around, we were system integrators or VARs, and I worked in that industry. So we were, you know, helping small to medium businesses with their technology. Um, I was fortunate that one of the early companies that provided software to help system integrators, bars, and managed services uh, come uh, with their businesses. It's called ConnectWise. It's uh, now become one of the behemoths in the industry. Um, I was uh, on the ground floor of that, and I've had, you know, I think I've been fortunate uh, working in this industry with just some amazing IT uh, providers and, and people for the past, like I said, 20 plus years. And fast forward, um, then around 2019, I went out on my own. I started uh, helping cyber vendors with their go-to-market strategies. Um, and um, I've created some communities and, again, been fortunate that we have things like the Cyber Call now where we have over 4,000 MSP and MSSPs uh, joining us each week um, to, to hear uh, people like yourself and, you know, helping to elevate everybody's um, security posture in the industry. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so today, I really do want to talk about MSPs and the MSP role in the breach, pre-breach, because I think MSPs are such a critical and crucial function of cybersecurity, and they might be a little bit misunderstood. Sometimes there's blame games. Um, I guess to start, can you kind of just give us a good definition of what an MSP is and what an MSP does? Yeah, that's Great question, right? So let's just level set that. An MSP is basically the outsourced IT department for a small to medium business. So let's take the analogy, Spencer, that you know back in the day, people did their own payroll in-house, right? And then over time, ADP, Ceridian Paychecks, and you, know, you have these PEO firms. Those functions got outsourced. Very few companies do that internally today. And for the most part, the small to medium businesses, 25 to 250 employees, are outsourcing that function to a third party, um, commonly known as a managed service provider. Um, one of the things that has happened is that you have, you know, this incredible um, uh, uh, dynamic that we know going on right now with, 
you know, ransomware and, you know, cyber breaches. And so managed service providers have had to not only become, you know, uh, they are the IT provider, but also they've been thrust into providing uh, cybersecurity. Um, they're two different disciplines, um, and some are very good at both. But in essence, Spencer, it would be like telling you as the attorney that you also now have to um, also be the accountant. So um, I hope maybe that brings that. Does that answer the question per se? Yeah. No, no, I think what you said is definitely true. It's like basically, we all have our separate lanes. Each lane is very important, but we all kind of got to stay within our lanes to best serve the client and the end result for the client. Right. Uh, one question I get a lot from clients is how do they choose a good MSP? Like what, because honestly, talking to an MSP, talking to very technical people, it gets kind of overwhelming for clients who are not tech savvy. So what are just some baseline easy questions or easy things that clients can ask a uh, prospective MSP to make sure that, you know, they're above board, that they're legitimate, and they're really going to be able to help the client out? Yeah. So if you're in a regulated industry, it's probably a little bit easier because you're probably your auditors are asking about your third party providers. But for a company that's not regulated, one of the things you can do is, number one, if you do have cyber insurance, ask your provider if they could give you the latest questionnaire that they would have to fill out to get their cyber renewal. And Spencer, what, what started to happen is those questionnaires, which went from, you know, in 2016 to, you know, five questions and, you know, do you have a heartbeat and we'll write you $10 million of cyber to now, you know, seven and eight pages, but they're pretty onerous in what we're, what we call the security controls. And you want to ask your provider, hey, do you mind filling out, you know, this questionnaire and gets, you know, have someone attest to it that you guys are doing all this stuff internally. Um, the other question you could ask them is, you know, do you align to a security framework? Uh, those are common, common ones out there are NIST. Uh, NIST Cybersecurity Framework or CIS, Center for Internet Security, or have you had a SOC 2, or do you have any third-party pen tests? You basically want to know, has anybody else externally looked at the security posture of this MSP? Exactly. Yeah. So basically, you when you're looking inwards, you got to be looking outwards. So it's the same question, just, you know, I ask clients and we got to be asking a provider for them. It's just all best practices. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and it's really, really important. Um, a good, by the way, a good managed service provider, this should be a really um, kind of a, a, a tip for your, your audience, Spencer. A good managed service provider will gladly, like they'll welcome I'm really glad you asked me that. Let me share with you what we do internally that differentiates us from others. If you sense pushback or, you know, any defensiveness, that's a red flag. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I tell clients. It's like you ask these simple questions. If you get defensive answers, then that's a problem. When you have good MSPs, just like good lawyers or good uh, MSSPs, when you ask certain questions, you know, 
you're not going to get defensive answers if they're doing the right things. Absolutely. So talk to me about how an MSP plays in pre-breach, because a lot of things we talk about on this podcast are all the preparation aspects to mitigate the harm and kind of working with clients to get them buttoned up administratively, uh, physical safeguards, technical safeguards. So kind of, can you explain how an MSP can work with almost external parties like myself or the MSSP to really help clients get to that better position? Yeah, again, a good a good MSP is going to want to talk to your client, Spencer, about their incident response planning. They're, they should have the position and kind of the transparency that we live in an assumed breach world. Like for someone to tell their client that, hey, as long as we put these things in place, you're going to be safe. I mean, look, if a, if a threat actor wants to gain access to an environment, they're going to get access. Um, and so we really need to think about less about a cybersecurity program. Those are important. So let me not what I, let me just finish my thought here. We need to think about cyber resilience. And that means how do we maintain and be operational in the event of an adverse or if, if there's an adverse event, how do we remain operational? How do we still deliver the goods and services to our customers? Um, and that's done through planning. Right. It's, you know, we, you know, in, I hate to use the analogy to war. Right. But, you know, you have a plan. You don't just go to battle and hope everything works out. That's that's not too good of an idea. Same thing in the world of cyber. Now we are at war. So we want to have an incident response plan and how they might work with someone like yourself or an MSSP that does incident response is they want to test that plan. And it's commonly known as a tabletop. Think of a simulation. So let's assume we did get ransomware. Whose role is it to do this? Whose role is it to do that? What if that person's out, right? And you want to role play that and go through those scenarios. And it's really often done well by bringing in a third party because number one, they're objective. And number two, you guys will be able to see, your clients will be able to see where there may be some gaps. And that's the whole point of it, right? Not to be we want to know what the gaps are. Um, and mm -hmm. so does that make, make some sense? No, exactly. You know, it's, we are, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, it is a war, unfortunately, and it's just about the preparation and then the team aspect to this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one big part that I find too is when a breach happens and we're brought in, the times that it goes so much smoother is when it is that team environment, you know, where the MSPs, doesn't feel defensive when the MSSP comes in, um, you know, the IR firm and everybody's working together. So I guess what tips would you have for any MSPs listening right now or clients where what MSP should be doing when a breach initially occurs and then during those kind of remediation efforts? Sure. So, I mean, the first and foremost thing for MSPs is, you know, transparency Number one, and again, it's always the preparation ahead of time, which we just spoke about, right? If you haven't, you know, as an MSP yourself made, you know, an MSP number one, if we're talking to the MSP Spencer right now, they should be patient or client zero. They, because they have tools that communicate and have what's called command and control of their clients, they need to treat themselves as the most important 
piece of the equation. So their security controls, their incident response planning, their tabletops, their testing out those things is critical because then they can do a really good job for their clients if they're doing it internally. Um, and so, um, you know, I think coming back to the question is number one, if, if for the MSP, it's that number two, if their client has had an incident, um, again, it's transparency. And again, that was that transparency started before the incident. Again, hey, we live in an assumed breach world. Let's make sure we all understand that. And let's all make sure that we have policies and, 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 and incident response plans in place. If we haven't, we still, again, come back to, you know, the openness and transparency that, hey, this is what's going on. You know, we've been working on it for this time. Everything's documented at this point. It's time for us to, you know, call in your insurance provider. That insurance provider um, is going to have recommendations. They'll probably have incident response plan, uh, incident response companies that they're going to um, have on their preferred list. They're going to have breach councils like yourself, Spencer, uh, on on or if the small or, or if the business has you on um, retainer already. But um, it's it's like anything. It's you know. It's last thing I'll say is it's like a doctor. You know, if something's not going right, right, you want the doctor that's going to go, hey, things aren't going quite right. Let me tell you what's going on, what our options are. Mm -hmm. um, versus somebody where you're like something isn't right, and he's not or she's not telling me. We all can feel it and sense it, um, and that's where things typically go bad. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Very good points. And I guess just to wrap up after a breach, what do you think some things are some important parts that an MSP needs to be doing to help a client prevent that second breach? Sure. Well, the first thing I'd recommend to your, your audience is it's, you know, if something goes bad, Hopefully the MSP did a good job in transparency. Hopefully they're a good MSP. Again, often it's not their fault. I'm not saying it's never their fault, but again, a threat actor can get into your environment in many different ways. It could be clicking a phishing link, and it could be because a small business pushes back on, against the MSP, which we see every single day. We don't want multi-factor authentication or we don't want multi-factor on VPNs. It's too much of a hassle, et cetera, et cetera. So first is be open and you know don't react. I think it's really important to look at what happened, whose role, who did what, not for a blame game, that's really, I think it's important to sit down for both sides to sit down and discuss and do a post-mortem. Now, if someone's negligent, that's a different story, right? That's a completely different story. But let's assume no one was negligent in this case. It's really about learning and saying, you know what? Remember when we talked about doing the incident response plan? And, you know, unfortunately, and I'll use uh, one of my co-hosts, uh, quotes here, Spencer, and let me know if I've answered the question or not. But one of the best ways you can get budget for cybersecurity is have a breach. Uh, and uh, he he, he, was, he was a CIO, CISO for a bank for many, many years. And he's like, trust me, it happened to me twice. 
<laughs> it's true. You get a lot more money probably dedicated, unfortunately, after the breach happens. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's like a hurricane, right? I live in Florida. No one ever thinks a hurricane's going to hit them. Then all of a sudden, people start spending a lot of money on, you know, shutters and generators and all this stuff. Well, guess what? It already happened. That We've been telling you to do that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, you know, the fact about getting the budget after the breach. Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Because you just you want to get that budget dedicated to start to hopefully prevent the first breach. But unfortunately, a lot of times that happens when it just doesn't get dedicated until the disaster occurs. It, it, that's correct, Spencer. And, and you know, and your audience can Google this. And this is just the human condition. Humans are poor judges of risk. So we we do things or don't do things because we don't think it's going to happen to us. Just Google it. Mm -hmm. Google that specific thing. Are humans, you know, poor judges of risk? And you're going to find out we are. Um, it's the ones that say, you know what? I see that I am and I'm going to do something about it so that I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, very great stuff, Andrew. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Spencer. It was fun. Yeah. And uh, to the audience, thanks for dropping by um, Cyber Law Revolution podcast. Keep the questions, comments, calls coming. Um, and once again, Andrew, thank you for jumping on and everybody have a good morning, good afternoon or good evening.